all, and welcome back to Mindful Minds. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we're going to be chatting about what it means to be a highly sensitive person with Louise Henning. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Um, Well, I wanted to give you a little bit of space to kind of introduce yourself, introduce um, how you got into this, like why this topic is important to you and kind of what your platform is. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm going to, this is personal things, but maybe it's interesting for someone. <laughs> um, I'm a 32 year old graphic designer from Sweden. Uh, and I work in PR, um, at the moment. So a lot with social media and uh, influencing stuff. Uh, I love, 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 love the forest and I love to paint. And also my, like my jam is Swedish licorice. Like a lot of people oh. do not like it, but I'm obsessed. <laughs> okay. Are yeah. you in Sweden right now? Yeah. I oh, okay. In, I'm, I'm Swedish and I live in I Sweden. Didn't, so. I did not know that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm Swedish and I live in Sweden, like in the southern part. So it's cozy up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I run the... Uh, Instagram account highly sensitive underscore person and um, yeah like the reason I run that account is because I a few years back stumbled upon the personality trait Um, and I think it's yeah and obviously I'm an HSP myself so um, I wanted some kind of like uh, safe place so to speak to where you can share your experience and find like-minded. Um, and I think it's important to talk about that um, trait because it's not being talked about enough and like talk about it in a sense that it's a good thing, not a bad thing. Um, so that's what I'm like mainly focusing on, on my Instagram page. Yeah. Um, so and how long ago you said it was only a few years ago that you realized that you were a highly sensitive person? Right. So back in 2013, I think. Okay. Like now I know I've been highly sensitive, like (laughs) since I was born. Right. That's like the breaking point. Yeah. Right. Um, so I guess, do you want to get into kind of how you discovered that or like how you, for people who maybe might be kind of on that brink of thinking, well, I am I do feel like I am more sensitive than other people, but I am not quite sure. Like what, what was that process like for you? Yeah. So I was, I was working, um, in a clothing store at the moment and I was like working a lot and I had several, what do you say? Like bosses that were not kind, not nice and not supposed to be leaders. Um, so that, on top of me working for everyone else and not caring for myself, kind of tipped tipped over to um, me being home exhausted from work. Um, and when I was home, I was home for, I think, a few months. Uh, I had a lot of time to <laughs> do everything else than working. So I Googled a lot because I remember like a specific moment in the store where uh, a customer came up to me and asked me something and he was kind of upset. Um, and I felt like I 
didn't have the space to handle that situation. So I saw myself like backing. I saw myself from like an outer outer body experience. What do you call it? Yeah. And I saw myself just staring at him, not being able to take in what he told me. Like it was, my brain was like, okay, stop. You cannot do this anymore. And that's when I like had to go home and um, yeah, be be home and not work um so that's what i remembered when i was home that um that episode and then i start to google about like being sensitive and why do i feel a lot of stuff and why do i take in everyone else's emotions and everything i was just like just wanted to have an answer um and that's when i stumbled upon i think it was like like a quiz where you can um take in boxes if the if you rec- recognize yourself in the, I don't know what you call it, but like being, a, you've heard a lot that you were sensitive when you were a kid. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I had like, I ticked all those boxes. And then um, in the end, it said, like, if you had, I don't remember the number, but let's say 45 out of 50, you are probably a highly sensitive person. Um, so I don't regret <laughs> being home exhausted from work um, because it kind of led me to figuring out who I am at the time. It was hard, of course, but um, that's what led me into why I was experiencing all the things that I was experiencing. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, moving forward, we're going to talk a little bit about just kind of uh, what it means, what, what it might look like to be highly sensitive, how to kind of approach someone if, someone in your life is highly sensitive and, you know, how to do that in a way that's kind and not patronizing. Um, But I also want to give a quick disclaimer that, you know, neither of us are like licensed professionals. And I know it's probably going to be majority based on like your experience and then my experience. So um, I think this is always going to be a good thing to like go to your therapist and talk about. But um, this, I think this, the center of this episode is going to be more so just to be able to feel like you can relate to somebody, especially if you feel like you're kind of alone in it or that, um, I know, especially when I was a kiddo, um, I just felt like I was too emotional all the time and felt like that kind of made me too much for people. And I still feel that way. Um, a lot of the time that's like one of my greatest insecurities is like, oh, I'm too much for this person. Mm. Um, And so I guess this is going to be more so just, like you said, kind of a safe episode for people who maybe relate to that and kind of just need to hear a conversation from two other people who (laughs) also are highly sensitive and emotional. And, you know, just knowing that you're not by yourself and you're not crazy and you're not weird and it's okay. So I just wanted to give that quick disclaimer moving forward. Um, But yeah, so... Let's kind of just get into, um, we can actually start kind of with, I think there's a great difference between feeling sensitive, like being a highly sensitive person or just like feeling the emotion or just being sensitive at one point in your life. So do you want to kind of talk about, uh, like what your opinion on is like, you know, what's the difference between those two things? Yeah. Um, to start with, like for me, I think not for me but uh, being highly sensitive the definition the, the definition is um 
that like someone who experiences mental or emotional responses to stimuli and that is it comes with so much more than being sensitive like in the moment for something like you need to uh process the emotions afterwards you need to be alone for a while you need to like cope with everything that's going on because you take in so much and almost believing that it's yours in comparison to when you're being sensitive in a moment it's just not just but like in that moment being highly sensitive is like all the time you can't really like turn it off or choose right right when to react it's just a constant thing yeah um I think it's also important to kind of, um, I guess, clarify too that like it's not even just emotions. Like a lot of people, um, I know I like wasn't sure if I had like sensory processing disorder for a while because I get overwhelmed very easily by like different senses. And so like loud noises, like I really can't deal with like it, like really, especially, uh, and I think this is probably shows that it's a little bit more of highly being highly sensitive than sensory processing. Um, like recently I've been way more stressed and way more burnt out. And I've noticed that like loud noises set me off way more than they used to. And I used to Mm -hmm. kind of just be like, Oh, I don't like that. And now it's like, Oh no, a siren. (laughs) And my brain is like on fire. Um, And uh, I also wanted to give a little bit of a plug, which I will uh, link this, but um, there's also a website called uh, hsperson.com. And uh, that goes through a lot of different information about it as well and also is made by um, a, I believe, a psychologist um, that seems to kind of have spearheaded a lot of the research. Um, and so I'm just going to read a little bit from this website. Um, and this is where this test is as well. The, the self test is like via her website, um, which is also probably a great resource because she is, she's a doctor. Yeah. (laughs) So like we're talking about our experiences. She's done the research. So (laughs) if you would like to learn or learn about the research, she's got like books, self tests, uh, research, YouTube, whole nine yards. Um, but it says, is this you? Are you easily overwhelmed by such things as bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, or sirens nearby? Hi, it's it's me. Um, (laughs) Do you get rattled when you have a lot to do in a short amount of time? Do you make a point of avoiding violent movies and TV shows? Do you need to withdraw during busy days into bed or a darkened room or some other place where you can have privacy and relief from the situation? Do you make it a high priority to arrange your life to avoid upsetting or overwhelming situations? Do you notice or enjoy delicate or fine scents, tastes, sounds, or works of art? Do you have a rich and complex inner life? When you were a child, did your parents or teachers see you as sensitive or shy? So that's some kind of the main things. And then she also says, if you find you are highly sensitive where your child is, I'd like, to know, I'd like you to know the following. Your trait is normal. It is innate. You are more aware than others of subtleties. You are also more easily overwhelmed. This trait is not a new discovery, but it has been misunderstood and sensitive sensitivity is valued differently in different cultures. Um, and then there's a lot more that she has after that blogs, interviews, all that kind of stuff. But, um, that's kind of a little bit of an overview of kind of what this is and like what we're going to be chatting about. Um, and I'd actually like to hone in on the, the violent 
aspect in TV shows and movies, because I've never actually talked to another person about this, but I'm curious if you ever watch like a violent TV show, do you like flinch and like actually feel it in your body? Yeah. Okay. I, I was wondering if that was off. just a me. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if that was just a me thing. Yeah. I was watching the Da Vinci code the other day and had no idea it was going to be violent. And it was like, I literally was like, <laughs> like yeah. jolting. And like, it wasn't just like, Ooh, it's scary. It was like, Oh my God, my body hurts. Like he but was it's like, like in your spine almost. Yeah. And even yeah. like specifically in aspects of my body where I'm watching them get hurt. Like he was harming his, uh, the Da Vinci Code is a really weird movie on a side note. <laughs> I like, it's like really highly respected. It is weird. Um, but he was like harming his leg and I like, was literally like rubbing my leg like frantically because I was like, ha ah, like my now my leg hurts. Um and I think that there's also probably some crossover between highly sensitive and like being like an empath. There's mm-hmm. kind of a lot of crossover in between those two. Um but um I just wanted to ask you that because I was like I I wonder if that's just me. <laughs> it's not just you. <laughs> Sometimes I me and my boyfriend have different sleeping patterns. So I go to bed early and he likes likes to stay up late and sometimes when i fell asleep on the couch and he's watching a like a violent movie i wake up to the noises of maybe someone's getting beaten up or like shot and i get so mad (laughs) because it's like i don't know why but it upsets me so much that i have to wake up to that weird feeling of just being scared yeah it's i hate it like i normally turn it off if i'm in a like in a, in a good mood, um, maybe I can watch a little bit of it. But if it's too violent, yeah. I, I just have to. You know, no, I feel the same that. way, and I think it's similar with like with senses. Is like it does depend on like how my day has gone. Like if I yeah. have not been like overwhelmed in other aspects of my day, then sometimes I can deal more so with like the violence or you know loud noises or whatever. But if I'm already feeling really overwhelmed. And then I turn on something that, like, is aggressive or, like, graphic or loud or even just, like, a lot of stimuli. Like, the the screen itself is, like, chaotic. I can't deal with it. Like, this week itself has been – I started a new job and I'm just, like – Takes a I, lot. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I am, like, really, really, really overwhelmed. And um, I got home and I had, like, intended to watch, like, even, like – falcon and the winter soldier and it was like there was a new episode of that and i was like cool and i sat down and i was like i have to watch the great british baking show because i actually (laughs) can't deal with this (laughs) like i need to listen to like quiet noises with little birds chirping and like all these really nice british people like baking cute Mm, (laughs) like cakes i I hear you i just like i was like i can't do this today um and and also like disney animated movies those are perfect for like Sundays. Yeah. yeah. Or even I think I've also found like rewatching things that I've already watched because then I already know what's going to happen. And I think right. that's a little bit of an anxiety thing too, where it's just like, I need to not be surprised. I just need to have like control over the situation and know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also kind of wanted to go into, um, we kind of touched on sensory issues a little bit, but I think one of the biggest things about this, which, you know, the the website also touched on is how it can be misunderstood and how culture can react to people being sensitive. And I think sensitivity in general 
whether that's, um, cause there's sensitivity all across the board, right? Like if, if you're even, you know, within, um, if you're on the autism spectrum, you're often sensitive to a lot of different things that some people may not be sensitive to. And I think as a whole, we've already seen that like most modern culture doesn't deal with that super well. Um, they tend to ostracize and, um, make fun and, um, not provide accessibility for those people either. Um, but I think on like a one-to-one scale as well, just with friends and partners and stuff, how have you coped with and learned how to process when someone doesn't understand how your brain works and how your sensitivity is and maybe interprets it as something like you're just being dramatic or you're just being emotional. How have you been able to process that and respond while also keeping like not getting super overwhelmed or like reacting a ton? Like how has that worked for you? I'm still, I think I will always be like in the learning of how to handle that because I don't know for you, but in Sweden, it's kind of, still a negative thing to be sensitive it's i would say yeah i would say the same (laughs) yeah like don't be so sensitive don't be such a bitch like that's basically the same thing right and i do not agree with that um but i've heard a lot like it's not that bad why are you overreacting like that's probably one of the most common thing like it's not that bad but That gets me so upset because for you, it's not that bad, but you don't have any clue what it's like for me. And you're not in the place to say how I'm supposed to experience the situation. I'm not going, I'm not telling you how to react more or be more sensitive or whatever. So I don't know. It's just a hard, as a sensitive, or I don't know if it's maybe just me, I'm also scared of conflicts <laughs> i just want everything to be like good like let's just stay friends so that's also a hard thing for me to like if someone says something bad it's hard for me to like i don't like what you just said <laughs> that's right. a hard one so that's i'm still i've just recently learned to like try to like no i cannot i do not tolerate you like doing this to me or whatever it can be and also like especially in workplace I think um being able to communicate how to what works best for me like I cannot sit in the same room as eight people talking at the same time and working yes I have to sit by myself and that does not mean that I do not want to talk to you and that I do not want to be part of the socializing it just means that I will not be able to do my job if I'm not like by myself concentrating in a right, right. silent environment. Um, yeah, no. And I, I've, the conflict thing is interesting. Cause I've, I've, I'm a very upfront person and I tend to almost like gravitate towards conflict. Um, but my thing I think is more so that it's like, it's like a justice driven thing cause I'm very justice driven. And so mm. when I feel that something is like, not right or not correct. I've like have made it my responsibility to like fix that. Yeah. (laughs) And then I get myself really overwhelmed because then I get in it and I don't do well. Like I, I'm, I very much so put up the whole, like, you know, kind of like tough kid front 
But then, like, if I'm on Facebook and someone calls me a bitch, I'm, like, crying. Mm, (laughs) So I'm, like, I'll, like, put up, like, kind of, like, a little bit of, like, a, oh, I'm ready to fight. And mainly just because it's, like, oh, I need to protect these people or I need to, like, fight for what's right or whatever. And my thing has been more so, like, not learning how to say, like, uh, but same thing, I guess, a little bit of, like, I'm not going to tolerate how this is going, so I'm removing myself. Mm. And not just, like, pushing myself further and further because I used to kind of just, like, almost, like, sacrifice my emotions and my mental health for, like, justice, I guess, where I would, like, fight so hard to try to, like, make things right that then, like, I would log off or I'd, you know, even just in, in, like, face-to-face, I'd end a conversation with someone and I'd go home and I would have zero energy left for myself, and I, I like, I wouldn't even be able to cook myself dinner because it was mm. like I just drained every ounce of energy that I have. I'm so overwhelmed. I feel like I'm in a coma, and like I need to go sleep and like watch the same movie that I've watched 15 times and just like zone out because my energy is gone. Um, and that's something that I've done up until like very recently. Like that's only been within like the last like four or five months that I've been like, once a conversation starts to get disrespectful or super aggressive instead of me just like doubling down I've only recently started to be like yeah I'm not interested in continuing this conversation and just like ending it and being okay with the fact that that I didn't get closure there and that the problem wasn't solved but like I'm not going to put myself in harm's way just to like solve the problem and also it takes so much energy from you so it's not even worth it Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, especially when it comes to social media and it was especially over the summer um, in the U S when we had so much like social and like civil unrest and political unrest, Mm. I just like, I wasn't changing anyone's minds. Like people that were willing to like attack my character and like make fun of my appearance and like, you know, tell me like say all these awful things about me. And I wasn't, like, changing their minds. I was just, like, saying my piece and then getting ripped to shreds and Mm. then feeling awful afterwards. And so it didn't – I wasn't helping the situation. Like, I was just, like, harming myself. And, like, I've had to – so that's – because I I know that a lot of um, people who kind of classify as highly sensitive people tend to be more, you know – conflict adverse and like not really wanting to get into conflict a little bit more shy. And I've always been like the opposite of that, but it's more so like I, me having to be like, okay, I don't do well with conflicts. Like I, I like gravitate towards conflict and I like, Mm. like I seem to always find myself in a conflict, but like I don't do well in them. (laughs) Like it's, it's not like, it's like, it doesn't fill me up. It doesn't help me if anything, because I'm Like, I'm more sensitive and I'm more – I get way more overwhelmed. Someone can, you know, shout horrible things at me and then go on with their day. And I'm sitting there, like, shaking for, like, hours because my nervous system is just, like, so incredibly activated. And I have no way to, like, bring it back down. Um, In Sweden, we call, like, when someone – because that's typical a thing when you, like – as a highly sensitive, someone who's not highly sensitive can just throw their things at you, but right. you're left with them. Right. In Sweden, we have like a, it's a funny word because we have, it's called a poop sandwich when you're left like, oh, thank you for giving me a poop sandwich. And that's basically <laughs> what you were given 
like a yeah. shit sandwich full of things that you do not want and you're just right. left stuck with it. Right, right. And it's even like even if, you know, as a kiddo, like when you would get in fights with friends, like a friend could toss a really mean insult your way and they could go move on with their day mm-hmm. and be fine. And even if you toss a mean insult back, a lot of times it's like, okay, I don't care. Like, cool. Bye. And then you're sitting there for like weeks being like, they said that I was ugly or like they yeah. said that I was this. And it's like it it just like it overwhelms everything and it takes over. And there are a lot of times where I would hear from teachers or parents or whatever. It's like, it's fine. Like, you know, let's just move on. Let's let's drop it. Like what they said, like, that you know, that doesn't control you. Like, you know, let's just let it go. And I'm like, Easy for I years. don't know how. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Um, which also just, like, makes you feel really, like, weird and abnormal. And, like, it it's confusing when it seems like everybody else has a grasp on how to just, like, not don't let care. things affect them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had so many times where people's advice to me is, like, just don't let it affect you. I'm like, Ugh. bitch, if I knew how, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. I would I would do it. I promise. This isn't fun. Like, I don't like just, like, being, like, ha- taking everything that people say to heart and, like, having it affect me for weeks. Like, that's not, like, a fun thing for me. I don't enjoy it. But, like. But also, like, tones in people's voices. Yeah. Even if they say something that's positive, if they say it in a different tone, I'm like, hmm. That is not, it doesn't add up. <laughs> like your yeah. face is saying something and your mouth is saying something else. Yeah. And I so, was going to ask too, on, on the topic of like kind of conflicts with people, um, I've found that I also have a harder time resolving those conflicts because I've never lived in someone's body that isn't highly sensitive. So I don't know how it works for other people's brains. But for my brain, if someone says something that hurts my feelings in the heat of the moment, and then, you know, an hour later, we kind of come down from the fight and, and they apologize and say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I shouldn't have said that. It's like never enough for me yeah. because it's like that didn't take, I still am sitting with the feeling that you just gave me and I'll sit with it for weeks. Mm. And so I'm almost like it tends, I tend to then like almost lengthen the fight because I'll be like, well, thanks for saying sorry, but it really hurt my feelings and Mm. I'm still really hurt. And it's always with my mom. And my mom is always like, (laughs) I said, sorry. Like, I don't know what else you want me to do. And I'm like, I don't know either, but (laughs) I'm still really hurt. It it happened. So we can't take it back. It's like, it's always going to be out there. And I normally, like when I try to explain to my boyfriend, how if someone's being mean to me, and it hurts me like really, really bad. I don't ever, I don't like this about myself, but I can never go back to the same place. Even if I forgive them, I'm still yep. like super cautious. It's like, okay, so you, what you just said gave me a little scar. So I'm always going to be like, rem- remember what you did. I'm not going to hold any grudges, but I'm going to be very careful. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. It's not necessarily a grudge where it's like you don't forgive them or you're like angry at them forever. But it's like, it's just in the back of your mind. As like when like, you're a kid and you get burned like on a on the stove. 
Right. Then like, you're, then you're going to be cautious around yeah. the stove. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. I've had that in friendships and relationships where like one thing is said in the heat of the moment. And I think that also makes it a lot. Um, if you're keeping that in your mind, it also creates this kind of insecurity in yourself mm. where say that the insult was something, and this is where my insecurity with me being too much comes from. I've had so many people in my life tell me that even if it was in a really casual setting of just them saying, this is just too much for me right now. I keep that in my brain like mm. for the rest of my life. And I always know like this person thinks that I'm too much for them. And so I can never share with them like who I actually am or all the things that I'm actually feeling because they think I'm too much. And I mm. like, I'm, they're going to get like overwhelmed with me as a person and they're going to drop me. And so but I just, there, like, it's always in my head. Yeah. Is there, because I'm a, like, big-time people pleaser. <laughs> is there some, like, do you feel like you um, want to please them by not, like, making them <laughs> feel like you're too much? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I think it's, like, I think it's just that there are a lot of things in my brain that are really overwhelming all the time. And the way that I process that is through talking about it. Mm. And it's the only way that I feel that like I can actually get some relief is like talking about it and venting about it. Um, but I also know that other people have energy thresholds and not everyone can listen to me vent all the time. And so I will like put on like a different facade or a different face or downplay what's going on in my life because I'm like, Well, if I share everything, then they're going to think that I'm weird or they're not going to want to be friends with me anymore or they're going to slowly start to distance themselves. And so I think it's a little bit of people, people pleasing. And I think it's also just a little bit of like me just being panicked and like not wanting to like scare people off. Mm. Um, and so I just will like there's so many different versions of myself that I present to people depending on the situation because yeah. I'm like. I've had people in the past where I am entirely authentic and then they say something like, oh, you're being dramatic or, oh, you're being too much or, oh, I can't, I can't take all of your emotions right now. Like this is, this is a lot. And then I'm like, oh, I can never be myself again. Mm, that's <laughs> so it, it just like shuts me down entirely where it's like, especially I think, uh, I, I, You used to always equip, like, make think that oversharing and vulnerability were the same thing. Mm. And so, when I was an adult and realized that they were not the same thing, and like finally was like actually vulnerable with someone and like with a few people, um, like a lot of those people at one point or another, even if it was like in a really casual conversation, were like, "Yeah, like this is just too much for me." And it was like, "All right, well." <laughs> shit. Mm. <laughs> so like for me, it's having to kind of just like, and it's, it even creates this like obsessive insecurity in myself where like I'm, if I'm in friendships or relationships, I'm almost like constantly asking like, sorry, is this too much? Aww. Which then gets annoying. because then it's like, yeah. Shut up. no, it's fine. And I'm like, are you sure? Because <laughs> I think I'm being too much right now. Are you positive? Um, mm. so I, and I've also had to get used to the idea that And I think this is a really hard thing, especially if you're highly sensitive. The idea that you also may be too much for some people and your emotions may be too much for some people to hold. 
and they might not always be able to hold your emotions and, and not understand like how yeah. it's it's really hard to explain what you're feeling or experiencing to someone who's yeah. not highly sensitive Yeah, and the idea that, like, you could go to someone and, like, share your emotions, and even if it's in the kindest way, someone say, yeah, I I, I love you, and, like, I validate your emotions, but, like, I, I have a lot going on in my life right now, and I can't really hold those emotions for you. I've had to just kind of try to, like, normalize that and try to get used to it, because for a really long time, I equivalated that with, like, oh, they don't love me, oh, they don't care about me. Mm. And so I kind of had to start to just get used to, like, That doesn't mean they don't love me. That doesn't mean they don't care about me. Like, if I'm allowed to have boundaries, other people are also allowed to have boundaries. And they're allowed mm. to say, hey, yeah, I can't take all of this right now. Um, which can be really icky in the moment if you, like, really need support and really need someone to listen to you. It can be really hard to just be like, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to be here by myself <laughs> yeah, then. it's fine. I'll figure it out. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> and you don't ever want to seem, like, annoying either. So it's always like... You know, like, even if it's, like, you really need to talk to someone or really need someone to understand you in that moment, you kind of just have to be like, yeah, no, I got it. Don't worry. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I can figure it out. It's, it's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think um, we can even go into that a little bit about other people being in your life. Um, as people who have kind of gone through this, what would your advice be for someone who is trying to love a highly sensitive person, whether that's in a friendship or like a romantic context or, a, you know, family relationship, how can you um, love that person while their feelings may be also overwhelming you? Um, like for me, most of the time, I feel like you just want it to be, you, you want to be understood and heard. Like that's the basic thing at least for me so what i like i try to explain to my boyfriend like when i maybe when i'm overwhelmed or whatever i'm feeling in that moment i just need you to listen and maybe not always try to give me tips on how to fix things <laughs> just like i understand it sounds hard like just acknowledge that it's hard or whatever i'm feeling and not or maybe you can ask like do you want me to give you a tip on how to handle this or do you just want me to listen like be respectful to their emotions and the situation that they're in um i think that's the big thing at least for me uh that someone that loves me or like in my family or friendship um that they try to understand me because a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my throat is like not liking me today. Um, yeah, no, I actually, I didn't, once again, didn't know other people felt like that. That's my exact like love language when it comes to communication is like, yeah. it can get so frustrating because I think a lot of the times when something is really overwhelming to you and it feels really big and it might not feel big to other people, The best thing anybody can say is just like, that sucks. Like, yeah, mm. that sounds awful. And that might sound kind of pessimistic. But like, if I am having this thing in my life that seems huge, and it's not huge to anybody else, having someone that I love that it's not that loves me, that's not it's not huge to them. But them saying, yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Like, I'm sorry, like, that sounds awful. And like, just kind of like, even kind of just like, 
waiting in the like ickiness and just even being a little pessimistic for a second and being like, yeah, this sucks. And then being like, okay. Cause a lot of the times once I acknowledge, like once someone acknowledges that with me and says like, yeah, no, that sounds terrible. I'm like, yeah, it is terrible. Yeah. Okay. Now I can move on. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't um, want to like, for me at least, I don't want to dwell on it. I just want to like, just sit with it for a little bit and understand like, okay, this sucks. My boyfriend agrees with me that it's probably true because a lot of people don't understand what I'm feeling a lot of time. As like when what you said, just someone who understands and listens to you and yeah, validate what you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's also that's a good point of like when there is validation, it kind of then validates like, okay, yeah, I have the right to feel this way. And yeah. like it it this is bad and this does suck. And like sometimes I'm not alone when, in it. Right. And sometimes when someone comes in and just says like, Hey, here's all the ways you can fix this. Or like that almost, I think is interpreted in my brain as like, Oh, you don't think this is that big of a problem and you think it's really easy to fix and it's not. And like, it's in my brain, it's, it's really big and it's not easy to fix and it's really daunting. And so when someone comes in with all these solutions, I think for one, it can be really frustrating because it's like, I just want to like, like, sit and acknowledge that it sucks for two it almost can get a little bit like offensive is a big word but like i don't know like frustrating slash annoying of like okay well how did you just find all these solutions so quickly when i've been sitting with this problem for like two (laughs) weeks and like it's been like ruling my life and you come in and like and a lot of times too those solutions may work for that person but they often don't work for me But it's, like, either way for someone to come in with, like, 15 solutions and be, like, here are all the ways to fix your problem. It's, like, okay, hang on. I've been trying to fix this for weeks. (laughs) You don't just get to come in here and, like, hand me all these solutions that you think work perfect. And a lot of times then I spend all my time saying, instead of feeling validated and heard and seen, I spend all my time in that conversation trying to explain why those solutions don't work for this problem. Mm. And saying, no, that doesn't work for me because X, Y, Z. No, that doesn't work for me because X, Y, Z. And then they're like, all right, well, here's another one. Here's another one. Mm. Here's another one. And it's like, okay, can you just like acknowledge that it sucks? And then. But also when someone comes in like that, for me, I almost feel like they want to like, okay, stop this, shape up, get in line, act like everyone else and just get on with your day. Right. So like, let's, let's tough it out. Let's fix your problem. Let's go. It's almost like, okay, it's not okay to do this right now. You're bothering me. (laughs) Let's take it, fix it. Yeah. I do think it does come off that way a little bit. It does come off like you're a bother. And I think that that is kind of a theme in general with like, whenever you're feeling highly sensitive and you present your emotions to someone, a lot of the times people kind of, whether they mean to or not, their words and their body language like it comes off as like you're bothering me and you're annoying me and like once again like kind of you're too much right now and like I let's just let's fix it let's move on we don't need to sit here and talk about it like let's go and And also yeah sorry oh go ahead (laughs) no because I also think that they're uncomfortable with they don't know how to meet your feelings right so it's their way also of like getting rid of the problem because they don't know how to act. Yeah. I also, I'm curious too. Do you feel, does it overwhelm you more when you feel like someone is rushing you? 
Yeah. Because I think that that might be part of it, too, is, like, when someone's presenting you with a ton of solutions, it is never slow. It's never, like, talked through and, like, all right, well, like, what about this? And when it is, a lot of the times then it's actually, like, then then I receive it way better. If it's, like, Mm. okay, okay, I understand why that wouldn't work for you. Like, do you think that this might work for you? Like, even if the, like, the literal pace of your voice is slower, Mm. but when it's, like, okay, well, like, I, that. Well, why don't we try this? Mm. Why would that not work for you? That doesn't make sense why that wouldn't work for you. Then it's like it's fast paced and it feels like I'm being rushed through my emotions. Yeah. And it's then like I'm blocking like, my brain. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Then you're yeah. so focused on like trying to go fast. And yeah, I feel the same way. It feels like there's like a block where it's like I now I can't even focus on processing my emotions because I'm just focused on why we're like going so fast and the fact that mm. we need to slow down <laughs> yeah. because now it's like my brain feels like a tumbleweed and it's just kind of like, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think that that, I think that the, someone trying to kind of rush you out of your emotions, it feels like you're a bother. It yeah. feels like they just want you to, like you said, kind of like shape up and like, let's move on. And of course it doesn't feel validating. Because whenever anyone's trying to just, like, get you to shape up, they're not validating your emotions. They just want to get over with the conversation so they can move on, Mm. which is not a great feeling. Also, I was thinking about um, being overlooked. I have a big problem. Like, I was at – it was a, a job, and the manager was standing behind me looking at me working while designing some stuff. And I could not. Oh, yeah. That's like the that. worst. Oh, my God. I was so sweaty. <laughs> I think that's also just like feeling like you. I don't know how many people do well with that, but I. None, probably. Yeah. And I actually, I when you said overlooked, I was thinking, too, there's also, I don't know, for me personally, I also have a lot of, I don't, I seek validation a lot. Mm, me too. Whether that's like emotional validation or performance validation. And I think that any time it feels like my emotions have been overlooked or even, like, my work, like, if I'm – even when I was younger, like, in, like, a group project in school, like, if I didn't get, like, validated or encouraged, it was just, like – and it's not that I didn't get validated or encouraged at home because I think a lot of the times, like, kids, you know, have, like, this need for validation when they don't get it from other sources. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case for me. It was just, like – it really hurt my feelings when I worked really hard on something or when my feelings were really hurt about something and no one seemed to care. Mm. And it just like seemed like, and I've, I've had so many friends who like, you know, they're like, Oh, I don't give a shit. Like if people don't validate me, it's fine. Like, I don't care. It's like, it's, I don't. And it's always kind of like, I know who I am. I don't care what they think about me kind of a thing. And I'm like, I really care. Yeah. I care a lot. I care a lot. That's really cool that you don't care. I care a lot and it keeps me up yeah. at night. <laughs> I struggle um, with this so bad. Like at the moment, it's the worst. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm yeah. the same way right now. I'm especially with starting a new job. It's like mm. whenever you're starting something new and like, I've been getting a lot of different, oh, can we, can we, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And it's like, well, I also just went above and beyond on these last like 10 things Mm. and no one said anything. And so I'm just like, well, that sucks. Like I would love to like get some 
encouragement on that. Also, I'm talking about my job openly like this because it's a month-long contract and we're recording this in April and it'll come out in October. <laughs> so by the time this comes out, I will be long and gone out of that job. You're so safe. Who cares if we talk about it? Um, <laughs> that's why I'm like being so candid about the fact that I'm like not a fan of my job right now. Um, but yeah, I think that it can just be and I also think that's why something like this is so complicated because there are literally so many different aspects of a person just in general. And then with being a highly sensitive person, there are so many aspects of yourself that are highly sensitive. Like Mm -hmm. it's like you said, it's not just being sensitive in the moment. It's a very like overarching kind of all consuming thing that doesn't just apply to your emotions. It like applies to literally like every aspect of your life. Yeah. So like I was just thinking about, I had, um, since I work with events, not when, when it's Corona, we, we did, um, a digital event with our customer and it was a 24 hour live stream oh and we had God. to be like um uh, yeah we were i think we were like eight or ten people maybe i don't know corona tested of course but um and i had to we didn't work 24 hours but like when you're constantly being available to people and being nice yeah. and like putting a smile on your face I've been sleeping until like, I've been napping all day. <laughs> it's a social hangover. That's like, it's fun when you're yes. like in the moment, but when afterwards it hits you like a wall, like you're. Yes. Oh, Would you worst. consider yourself an introvert? Um, I was, yes, but I think maybe more ambivert, like a mix of introvert and extrovert, okay. I think. Do you recharge when you're by yourself? Yeah. Okay. That's how I am too. Like I'm really social when I'm out. And like you said, like if, if we're in the moment, I can have a ton of energy and I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do one more thing. We can go out to one more place. Let's go, let's go. And then I come home and it's like, oh no, I need I like three days to like sleep this off. Yeah. Like it's not even like, oh, I need like a, like a good night of sleep. It's like, I literally need like three days of like no one talking to me because I like, went no inputs. so from, yeah. Like I went, yeah zero to a hundred where I spent way too much time with people. And now it's like, Oh God, I literally need no one to talk to me for like yeah. as much as long as possible. And a lot of times that can be really hard too. Cause like in just a work week, you normally don't have that. I know. So if, you, if you're, if you're with friends on like a Friday night and you kind of go overboard a little bit and then you have to work Monday. Hmm. It's like, I feel like that is kind of what starts the cycle too of like burnout because then it's just Mm -hmm. like, I didn't have enough time to like recoup after this. And now I I have no way to just like stop this cycle because capitalism sucks and (laughs) you have to keep working. (laughs) But the thing is like, I always, um, I started to make my Sundays like almost like no one, I don't want talk i don't want to talk to anyone i just want to stay home maybe like clean that apartment just to have like a clutter free yeah, and do nothing like if my mom asks me if i'm going to go for a walk on the sunday i'm like no i'm busy doing nothing i can't yeah <laughs> i can't go yep. for a walk no that's me so too Sundays and i always have to like, clean my space as well yeah because it's too much going on yeah, I'm pointing at my head now <laughs> in my head. <laughs> um, so I need everything else around me being like clean and just in the, in its place. 
Yeah, I've had people really confused about that as well. Like when I've done that, yeah. um, I've had people very confused about that because I like um, I do it on Friday nights when I get home from work. Yeah, I like every Friday night like clean my apartment, and I'm like, because I'm like I cannot if I need two days. If I need Saturday and Sunday to basically do nothing because I've been so exhausted at work that I cannot handle doing anything, um, it has to be clean. Mm. Because then if we come Saturday and I have stuff over my apartment and there's dust everywhere, I won't be able to relax because then I'm staring at the dust and I'm feeling like severe, like, you know, impulses of like, I need to clean it, I need. Yeah, with a toothbrush, like, Yes, and that also, like, tends to then, like, whenever I hyperfixate on things like that, like, if I don't just clean it right off the bat, like, say I wait until Saturday and don't do it on Friday, then I tend to get, like, um, in, like, a really hyperfixating cleaning mode where then it's, like, now we need to reorganize everything. And now everything needs to be, like, turned upside down and the bottoms of it, like, my, I need, have I ever cleaned the bottom of my couch? I haven't. Maybe we should flip over my couch and, like, see (laughs) if it needs to be cleaned. And then my Saturday goes from being, like, a relaxing day to, like, now I've deep cleaned the entirety of my apartment for Mm. honestly no reason. Like, it did not need to be deep cleaned. Um... But yeah, I think it's just like, I I don't even know if there's a way to comprehensive, like this, this episode has been a lot of tangents and a lot of kind of like going off, but I think that that's kind of just like, there's not a great way to like explain the entirety of how a highly sensitive brain works. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. kind of just like all over the place, like random little things that are like, just kind of hit you harder than other, like then it would hit most people. Mm. And also... I think we like fixate on different things as highly sensitive. It's not like one thing that a place for everyone. Right. So that's also why it makes it hard to explain. Yeah, um, exactly. It's it's something that like the same thing I think with like, you know, trying to explain like, you know, OCD is going to affect everybody differently. It's not like mm-hmm. everyone's going to have the same fixations in OCD. And there might even be a little bit of crossover there as well with like, um, highly sensitive people having a little bit more like OCD tendencies. Um, but I think that, yeah, like, like anything, there's not really like a good blanket explanation because it's everyone's lives are different. It's going to affect everybody differently. But I think that one of the biggest things is like, for one, for people who do feel like they may be highly sensitive, trying to figure out if that is something that you feel like you identify with. Um, it's not really something that you can like necessarily be like diagnosed with, you know, I I don't, I don't think it's in the DSM. I don't think that it's a diagnosable condition. I might be wrong on that, but I don't think that it is. I've heard Um, a few that sent like DMS to me on Instagram. I think it was Netherlands maybe that they got diagnosed, but I'm not sure. Like, I don't know all the, but we don't in Sweden, we don't get diagnosed. And I think mainly, it's not think, a diagnosis, yeah. it's a personality trait. Right. I, I think mm. normally you don't get diagnosed. So yeah. I think trying to, if, you know, if, the, if you're feeling like you resonate with a lot of this, like trying to just figure out if that is something. And honestly, I think more so just so you can understand yourself better. Yeah. And I think it just gives you more tools to understand yourself and then kind of explain yourself better to the people around you um, and have better words and verbiage and tools to say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I think it might be better 
or I might feel more loved if you do this or if you do this. I think it just helps give you more tools to kind of help other people understand you. Mm. Um, and then I think we can kind of end um, on uh, how, if, if you are a highly sensitive person, how you can kind of develop techniques to emotionally regulate and cope and like, how can you ground yourself? Um, yeah. Do you have any that like are at the top of your mind? Um, like recharging is the big thing. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Like every day, I think almost everyone needs to do that, but um, different things. I think uh, what, for me, I do a lot of vis- <laughs> visualization <laughs> yeah. of techniques um, where I see myself like getting rid of um, energy that's not mine or like bad vibes and then oh, refilling okay. with new fresh energy. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah. And it's, it just, I do it in the morning. So like I'm ready for the day, <laughs> but I think a lot of uh, highly sensitive people likes to just like spend time in nature, take deep breaths, <laughs> journal, like get everything out that's in your head onto paper. Um, mindfulness, meditation, like just calming your nervous system down and just tune inwards and listen to yourself. Give yourself a little, yeah, a breather every now and then. Preferably yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know I it's hard sure. maybe if you have kids and stuff, but um Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But even that, like if there's some some way that you can incorporate it into your routine that maybe is after kiddos go to bed, or maybe yeah. it's before the kiddos wake up, or maybe it's even like laying in bed, like before you go to sleep of if you have a tiny bit of time to yourself. Um I do think nature is a big one that I've recently found has been really helpful. I used to always joke that I was, like, not a nature person and, like, I don't like it. And I really didn't as a kid. Like, I just, like, was never into it. And then as an adult, it was, like, especially during quarantine, I just, like, started to feel this, like, deep need to, like, be outside. And I was, like, oh, yeah. my God, I need air. And then it was, like, I was, like, oh, I want to go to the beach. Like, oh, I want to go and, like, go on a walk. And it started – I started realizing, like, how much it, like, helped me kind of diffuse. Um and then I think another one too, I think with how often we tend to kind of soak up emotions and something that might make someone a little bit angry could make us very angry. For me, it's also having like some sort of outlet for the anger because I'll find that I, I will, things will frustrate me so much more than they may frustrate someone else. Mm. And even, you know, I have friends where it's like, even like on the road, like someone will like cut me off and people, a lot of people, I'll, I'll watch someone almost hit another car and the car just keeps driving. And they're like, like the car that almost just got hit. And you can see the driver's face is like, they look fine. And for me, it's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and so like little things that like may not be as big of a deal to other people, like are bigger deals to me. And then they add up and everything starts to add up. So for me having some sort of outlet for like anger and frustration um, for me, like I bought a punching bag. Mm. That was one of my things. Cause I was like, I just need to like punch something and just like get some aggression out and some frustration. And the other one was like finding music that I can sing really loudly to in my car. Yeah. 
That's I become that. like my ritual. <laughs> like every day on the way home from work, I roll down my windows, even if it's raining. Like I roll down <laughs> my windows and I will listen to like my go-to is Paramore, but I'll listen to like <sighs> some like loud band yeah. and just like scream. Like, and I'm singing and I'm like, and sometimes I just will scream, but it's like, I just need to like have some sort of like way to get all of this emotion, even if it is sadness and like me feeling like my, just hurt to get it all out. I need some sort of output for all of this energy that's in me that I don't like being there. And Mm -hmm. then that way, when I get home, I can start to like actually diffuse and like, put on an essential oil diffuser and like put on the great British baking show and like watch (laughs) things and like listen to things that are calming, but I can't get to that calm state unless I get all the like icky stuff out first. Exactly. So I I have to have some sort of like release. I, um, when I get really frustrated, mostly at work, (laughs) um, I always scream in a pillow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so nice. Yeah, it's a good one. I, for the first time, like, scream screamed. I was in the car, and I had – I was driving, so no one can hear me. And I I was on the freeway, and I was like, I'm going to, like, actually scream. And I don't don't know the last time I actually screamed. Um, I'll, like, scream sing. And I screamed so loud that I, like, started laugh crying. So I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, like, this is really nice. Like, that's been in there for a while. Yeah. Um, and I literally started like laughing. I probably looked like wild if anyone was driving by looking at me. Cause I go from like screaming, looking like I'm very upset to like laughing and then crying. Um, but like, yeah, I think a lot of the times we get so caught up in like just a daily cycle that any of that like emotion doesn't really have anywhere to go. And like, that's, that also is not good for your body. It can get trapped yeah. in certain areas of your body. Like it can create tension in your back and your spine and your jaw and like it can genuinely cause like physical like problems and so it is really good to find some way to like get it out and exactly yeah screaming into a pillow is like a super solid one like it's kind of like whatever works (laughs) yeah it's quieter another one is like um i've always wanted to go to those places where you can throw plates because that just looks so fun Um, like smash a tv (laughs) yes i want to do it so bad there's a place i live in seattle um, Seattle, Washington, and there's a place in Seattle that, like, I, I was literally going to buy tickets to, like, before the pandemic started, and mm. the pandemic's happened, and I was like, crap, now I can't. You're going to be first it. in line when it opens? Ooh, it might be open. <laughs> I honestly should look into it, because um, I think you're, like, in a room by yourself anyways, because, like, they can't have, yeah. like, a ton of people no. in a room, like, smashing things all together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but another one is, like, if you obviously don't have, if you have access to, place to like, plates to smash, and, like, that's fun pick it up like be responsible <laughs> but you can always also like smash ice yeah because ice just one. melts and it doesn't hurt anybody so you can my therapist was, told me to go throw ice at a brick wall and i was like i live in an apartment complex and other people can <laughs> see me so i won't do that but i'll i can like maybe do it in my sink or something like yeah. that like in your bathtub or like whatever or even honestly on the ground if you like want to then like mop after like it's just water it's not gonna do much um but yeah, I think that just having some sort of outlet can be really, really helpful. Um, and then last, the last thing I'll say is, um, or last thing I'll ask you rather is what, what tip would you give to someone who loves a highly sensitive person on how can you validate while also setting boundaries? Um, what tip? I think like we talked about that 
listen to and like respect what they're feeling, what they're going through and just being there. Um, and also I think don't be afraid to ask what they need. Like, what do you need in this situation? Um, I always say, sounds cliche, but it's all about communication. <laughs> um, I think that's an important one. Um, make sure they're feeling heard and seen and listened to. And if they need, they, I mean, a highly sensitive person, um, space and time by themselves to recharge don't um, hold it against them because it's something they need to function as a person in their everyday right. life. Give them space. Do not give them like, um, don't ask them if like, um, that means that they don't like you if they're, you don't want to spend time with me. Like, that's not the thing. They just need right. to be their best selves. Right. So I think, yeah, communicate and um, be there. As you would be for any other person. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, and I would say, too, like, if you're the person who's loving someone that is a highly sensitive person, um, also, if, if you're feeling overwhelmed, communicate that to them, too. Like, just yeah. have an open line of communication. And then you can also always say, like, I think stonewalling is one of the big no-nos that can be really, really hurtful, um, especially to a highly sensitive person, is, like, when you just, like, shut them out because you mm. can't handle what they're talking about. I think a way better um, route would be, hey, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now, too. Could we maybe talk about this tomorrow or could we talk about this in a few hours and give yourself some time and some space, too, but also give like hope for another conversation? Um, because I think that if someone is feeling safe enough with you to explain how vulnerable they're feeling and how hurt they're feeling, um, whenever someone then takes that and says like just doesn't respond or like shuts them out. It's such an intense like rejection mm. that it can just like, if, if we feel everything like kind of more so we're also feeling rejection a lot more, like it hurts a lot more. So I think just communicating, it's okay if you don't have time and space to hold everybody's emotions all the time. Like yeah. that's okay. I think just making sure there's an open line of communication there and that like there are boundaries being communicated and that you know your energy limits and you're able to kind of communicate those and say yeah I don't think I have the energy for this right now but like I love you and your emotions are valid and like could we chat about this in a few hours or could we chat about this tomorrow morning um just so that there is some sort of hope for conversation later exactly but, well um <laughs> thanks <laughs> but um well yeah well thank you for coming on and I want to give you a little bit of a space to plug your um your social media page and kind of anything that you have going on over there yeah so um it's it's a big community now i was not expecting that so i'm so thankful for everyone who's um in the community but if you want to check it out it's highly sensitive underlying person and uh, i'll be sharing a lot of yeah like my own experiences and um quotes and things that um i've talked about with my followers um and you can find like freebies and fun little templates and yeah it's a cozy little space um so i would love to have you there <laughs> awesome well i will link um louise's uh social media page and all that kind of stuff in the episode show notes as always 
Um, and then it also, she will be tagged in the um, posts on my social media page. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and for taking the time to chat. I, I feel very seen and heard because I'm Aww. like, it's always <laughs> nice to chat with someone that when someone's brain works kind of similarly to yours, it's always just validating in itself. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please rate us five stars on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also follow the blog on Instagram at Serafina blog and visit us online at serafinablog.com. And as always, to end our time, unclench your jaw, take a deep breath, and remember, you can always learn, you can always grow, and you can always choose to live your life in a more mindful way. I will see you guys next week.